down. I think we're good. I think we're live. I'm here with Cheyenne Hall, everybody. A, a pro mixed martial artist. It's the first time we're able to say <laughs> pro mixed martial artist Cheyenne Hall. How does that sound to you? Does that feel, do you feel different walking around like, oh, I'm a pro now? It's awesome. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I guess in the greater scheme of things, like not a lot has changed. Uh, my, my records, oh no, again, which is wild. But, um, yeah, I had to like explain that to my family at the family reunion that I was a, a pro fighter now. And they were like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like basically I get paid, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. And honestly, this is something that's always interesting. And I didn't even plan to talk to you about this, but that idea you said how your record resets to O and O because we see so many amateurs who are picky about fights. And I understand to a degree, like, look, it's not me putting my body on the line in there. It's easy for me to say, just get in there and get some experience. Like I'm not the one who has to get punched in the head. So I totally get that. But at the same time, you're exactly right. Your record resets to O and O very few people care about how successful you were as an amateur. Once you're five fights deep in your pro career, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, do you, do you feel that way as well? Uh, I think that I will uh, eventually right now. I mean, I'm just fresh off the amateur train. So I still kind of have a connection to that record, but I, I feel like once I get a couple of pro fights, I, I don't know that I will feel that way. I think that that'll kind of just fade into the past and, you know, a new sure. chapter, I guess. Sure. And to be fair, I mean, your amateur career was super successful. Obviously you did some great things, won some belts. You're, you're on a heater right now in your career. What's been clicking so well for you lately, you know, coming off a string of dominant victories? Like where, where do you feel that you're at just as a competitor? Um, I feel like when I when I first moved to Pittsburgh a little over a year ago, I had a good basis of um, just the different disciplines. And um, I had like a good good base knowledge of everything. And I feel like since I moved up here, um, my wrestling's really come a long way. Um, I've got to work with a few new striking coaches um, and my striking coach back in Morgantown, he was great, but these ones um, just give me a different perspective. So I'm able to like use different parts of, of all of the things that those people have taught me. And I think that that's come together well um, and really my wrestling. And I've been able to chain it all together a little bit better. I think that's uh, one of the bigger things that um, a lot of amateurs do whenever they're coming up, they, they train boxing, they train jujitsu, they train wrestling, um, but not a whole lot, a whole lot of people put it all together until it's time to get into fight camp. And um, I, I made that mistake earlier in my career as well. But I think that that has been a big issue uh, that I've corrected. And I think that that's shown in my last few fights. It's super valid. And working with Isaac and the crew at the Matt Factory, how can that not be the case? You know, if you want to say <laughs> like you go somewhere to uh, work on your wrestling and your grappling and chaining things together, I don't know that you can do much better than that, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> they put you in the fire for sure. What's it like working there on a daily basis? Because I've stopped in for practice here and there just to see how, how you guys work. And the first thing, the first day <laughs> I was I was ever there, it was like an advanced grappling practice, which in and of itself is pretty intense, pretty cool to witness. But then after practice was over, everybody just went and worked out more. I was like, <laughs> wait, 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 practice is over. Why are you still working out? Like, is that just how it is every day there? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It really is. Um, and it's like the, the whole environment is, um, it really fosters that, like you feel like you're never done. So I feel like, uh, I don't know, Isaac pushes us to the limits first of all. And he, um, he kind of leads from the front. I always say that about him, but, um, he's always like the, you know, he's in there working hard right alongside of us and it kind of pushes us to do the same, I think. So he truly is the definition of lead by example. Like in yeah. that practice, you know, he was he was rolling yeah. the entire time. And then after practice, he was the first guy on the stairmaster or whatever, the climber, whatever. Right. Yeah, the, the versa climber. climber. Yeah, yes. the versa climber. There you go. And like he, <laughs> he wanted he wanted to set a score for the guys after him to try to beat. Like you could tell he wasn't just going through the motions. I mean, he's one of the most amazing guys that we have in the Western PA space. I think everybody agrees who's ever come in contact with Isaac, not just his combat sports knowledge, his life knowledge, the way he conducts himself, the person he is. I mean, what's it like being around a person like that, being coached by a person like that on a daily basis? Well, Wednesday night after our jiu-jitsu practice and MMA practice, he whooped all of us on the Versa Climber, pro fighters and amateur fighters alike. <laughs> so um, I think that it's, it's super inspirational for 
the days where you don't feel like going to practice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's going to show up and like he spends more time there than just about anybody because he um, also has the rehab center right across the right, right across the way there. So um, I don't know. It's just very inspirational. And it's like you always feel like he's got your back. Um, I don't know. He's uh, an inspiration to all of us, I think. I, I really couldn't ask for more in, in a head coach. Now, if you tell people Isaac Greeley's got their back, that could be terrifying, too. That could mean something else, given the context. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's true, I guess. I got to be careful about which way I spin that. <laughs> exactly. But the, the team there, you know, it's not just Isaac. It's everybody that you're training with, the training partners, the team. I think every time we match a card and we get, you know, a list of people from the Matt Factory who are ready to go, ready to fight, it's always more fighters than we could possibly match. Like the way the team is growing there is insane. It's every time it's somebody new and it's somebody beastly, you know, I won't give any names because there's a couple guys that were trying to match for debuts and I don't, I don't want other promotions to steal it. You know what I mean? But, but there's always like somebody coming up. That's like, Oh my God, like you got that guy now, you got that guy now. And then there's cross training happening with you guys and stout and all American MMA and Uniontown. It's just like, I don't know. The Matt factory is just kind of a Mecca right now for Western PA MMA. So what's it like on the training partner sense? You know, Isaac's obviously Isaac and everybody agrees on him, but what's it like just getting looks from all of the people there at the Matt factory? I think that that is probably one of the reasons that I've been able to progress um, so much in the past year. So, I mean, Isaac, in addition to being a great coach, he's a great training partner too. So he's, uh, he'll put us through shark tank rounds and then he'll step in as a fresh guy for my, like my last couple minutes of that and just, make it awful. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what you need a few weeks out from a fight. You don't want to get, you don't want the most tired that you're going to be to be in there. So um, right. that's great. And then, but the day we've got like, um, like Carly Thomas from all American and we, I cross trained with some of the girls from stout, like Brittany, Brittany big hearts, one of them. And um, the cross training has been so helpful. I mean, I think that a lot of cities have um, from what I hear, I don't know, but uh, a lot of cities have the, like loyalty to your own gym and you don't cross train and you know it's kind of like hush you know it's kind of taboo to do that um but i especially being a woman um i think that you need to be able to utilize the um the other people that are like women or just even your size that um you have to spar or to you know go live with in jujitsu i think that's been a huge help to, to all of us even i mean not yeah. even just women but all of us absolutely yeah i could definitely see that and you mentioned Brittany bickart which I wanted to bring that up because it's the one fight on your topology that doesn't have the actual result when you guys had a Muay Thai fight. Like, I never knew. I never heard. Who won that fight? What happened? It was close. It was close. But, uh, yeah, she won, I think, a split decision. Nice. So there you go. Bre- breaking news on the Pittsburgh Combat Sports Podcast. She won a decision. And she's obviously off to a great start in her MMA career as well. I mean, what do you see for her in the future? Do you see her as, as you know, another future pro in the area? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, she's got, I think, I'm not sure how many fights she has, probably two or three. But I think that um, especially if she sticks with it, like, I mean, she's going to be one of the, the bigger female MMA uh, mixed martial artists to come out of this area. She's got really good kickboxing. Um, her jiu-jitsu is coming a long way. And she's been to, like, she comes over to wrestling practice to work with me some, too. So we've nice. been we've been, that's been great too, to like have somebody just that like is my size and has my same, um, my same focus, I guess, in a wrestling practice. Cause some of the rest, the wrestling moves are not as useful for like fighting situations, but Mm -hmm. like having another female fighter to work with during that, we can kind of, uh, make it work for what we need to. So that's been nice. What's your background? Because honestly, I I haven't known you very long. Like, honestly, since I took over as 247 GM about a year ago, I've been a lot more aware of your career and doing my homework and all things like that. But where did it start for you? Where did this obsession with martial arts start for you? Um, So I started wanting to do uh, Muay Thai. (laughs) So I I went into Ground Zero Fighting Mm -hmm. Systems in Morgantown and um, stayed for a Muay Thai class. And the way that it worked there at the time was uh, your first two weeks or you can go to any class you want to for free and you can figure out like what you want your plan to be based on what you liked. So I went in there just for kickboxing. Um, Some really nice, a really nice guy. He was my partner. His name's Joel. Shout out to Joel. He uh, was one of the blue blue belts, I think at the time for that gym. And he was one of their fighters. So he was like my partner. And like uh, I went into Muay Thai class and I feel like in kickboxing, if you're kind of athletic, you can sort of 
like look like you know what you're doing a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, he, he was like, well, since it's uh, two weeks of free classes, why don't you just stay for jujitsu? It's right after this. So and then I was like, well, I don't have a, a gi. And he was like, it's no gi. So I, I tried real hard to get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, I stayed for class. And I, um, I remember like learning my shrimps and being like, what am I doing? <laughs> but uh, I at first I hated jujitsu, honestly. And then because um, I was not like inherently good at it at first. And then I like a couple of weeks later, I was like, all right, listen, I'm going to go every class for this month. And if I hate it, I'll never go back. And now it's been like five and a half, six years, and I'm still doing jujitsu. <laughs> and you're, but, uh, you're yeah, a purple I, I belt? A purple Are you a purple belt? belt? Yeah, okay. Yep. I'm a purple belt now. But the, I guess that's um, my background is mostly in Muay Thai and jujitsu. Yeah, and that makes all the sense in the world. But it's hilarious because you say, like, I wasn't inherently good at jujitsu, but like liter literally nobody on earth is it's the it's that sport where it's like it doesn't matter like obviously if you're athletic and you wrestled your whole life short you, you have an advantage of course but nobody comes in and is just the man at a, at a jiu-jitsu school right away it's nope. just yeah it's insane we got isaac jumping in the chat actually look at that oh one of the hardest workers in the room day in and day out uh that's got a, you know, from him, he doesn't, he's also a guy who doesn't sugarcoat things and doesn't hand out compliments when they aren't earned. So, so yes, for, for Isaac to say that definitely means a lot. And oh, our, <laughs> our guy, our guy, Dylan Cole stopped into the old stay after for jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. Stick around for the jujitsu. We also had Lindsay Dawn, who I've seen her getting in. I assume this is one of your That's friends. That's my girl. You know, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, sh so shout out Lindsay and shout out Timbo as well in here. One of our biggest fans. He's in on every podcast. We appreciate all you guys stopping by to hear from Cheyenne Hall, the new pro mixed martial artist. So I, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Like what, what went into the decision to turn pro for you? Like we said, you know, you were obviously on a heater in your amateur career, doing extremely well. Your last two fights, just pure domination. Was it just a matter of, okay, I know it's time now, or is there an actual process that you had to talk through with Isaac and your whole team to decide? Um, I, I had to get the, the okay from them for sure, just because um, if, if it was up to me, I would have waited forever. <laughs> just, not because I didn't want to go pro, it's just because I, um, I never feel ready. I, I was always like that in school. I never felt ready for like tests. I never felt ready for anything. I'm like, I can prepare more for this. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think that my my last two fights were stoppages and then um, two fights before that was also a stoppage. And then uh, the one in April, the one that was not a stoppage was um, I was still doing well in that fight. Uh, and so I just felt like it's time to make the jump, time to do the do the thing, put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it definitely makes sense. And to yep. your credit and to like everybody at the Matt Factory's credit when it comes to picking fights you guys never want easy fights. Like it's one thing that makes our job easy matching you guys, because we know basically if somebody says yes, like you guys are going to say yes, which is a great feeling. But Fernanda is a beast. Like from everything that we've seen of her footage of, you know, her background, her experience levels, her amateur record was phenomenal. Her pro record, you know, she got a loss, but she also won a pro boxing match. So it's not like she's completely outmatched. What what made you jump at the opportunity? Because a lot of people might think, you know, hometown pro debut, you want this layup win, but you went the complete opposite direction with it. Yeah, I've never, I've never sought out easy fights just to have one. Really, um, I think that. Well, I mean, if I, uh, I okay, so I first of all, since it's going to be hometown, I want to put on a good show for everybody. I mean, I don't want this to be a boring fight, and. I don't just want an easy win because it's my first pro fight. I want to prove to myself that I belong in there. I want to prove to, you know, to, to myself that like I am, I'm doing the right things for, you know, for my coach, my team. That's another thing that went into the decision to turn pro is I feel like I've got like a great team around me. Um, I trust all the people that I'm training with and training under. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot about her background. I know she's been fighting a long time. I know she's, uh, I think her first fight was like 2012, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is a long time ago. But um, I don't know. I just, uh, that doesn't intimidate me too much. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do my thing and I hope I come out with the win. Yeah. Well, it's an awesome mentality to have. And, you know, something that we certainly appreciate. And like you said, the fans are going to appreciate the fights, obviously, Brawl in the Berg 12 at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows in Washington. 
close. Like you said, it's basically a hometown fight for you, right? Are you you're yeah. viewing it that way? I assume. Uh, kind of. It's closer than most of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's much closer than most of my fights for sure. So. Yeah. It's like in between Morgantown too and Pittsburgh and Morgantown sure. was my home for like 10 years. It's still yeah. home. <laughs> so once again, this is going to showcase how, how little about you I knew, but did you go to WVU? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so did I, I don't know if you knew that, but I oh, went to WVU cool. as well. What, what year did you it's graduate? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 2016. Okay. So I graduated in 2013. So we probably overlapped for a year or so at least. Yeah. That's, that's funny. <laughs> for sure. nice. What like, do you still go back? to morgantown a lot i know you said you moved to pittsburgh full-time but do you still go back to morgantown a good bit sometimes um i i drag chris back sometimes to go to my favorite restaurants <laughs> and stuff because uh yeah there's a lot of stuff and i've got friends there still so i try to make sure. it down to see them every now and then but um once i don't know it's kind of hard to make it down there with training schedules and stuff too so i'm probably sure like once a season I'd i got say. you and I, I promised I wouldn't do this to you ahead of time. But now that you mentioned favorite restaurants, I got to know, like, what are your favorite restaurants in Morgantown? Give me the list. Pies and Pints, number one. Yeah. Boom. All right. Uh, Iron Horse, number two. And it used to be Black Bear Burritos, but they closed down their main location. I haven't been to the new one. So I don't Did know. they? I didn't even Mario's know Mario's Fishbowl. There you go. Mario's yeah. instant classic. See, I'm, classic. Date, I'm definitely dating myself. But like when I went back, to Morgantown just recently. I was in Morgantown recently for a concert at 123 Pleasant Street. And yeah, the the city is like completely different than when I yeah. was there. I mean, the amount of restaurants and things to do and the way it's blown up, it blew my mind. I was like, this is not the place that was I remember. Morgan Hall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sports page was always my favorite when I was in Oh yeah, college. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We used to do karaoke there every Friday. Yes. That was serious. The the buffalo chicken uh, mot sticks they were like mozzarella sticks <laughs> loaded with buffalo sauce that was just insane that was I gained everybody you know everybody talks about the freshman fifteen but they don't tell you about the senior seventy which is what I got it was like <laughs> by, the, by the time I left is when the real damage was done <laughs> <laughs> they kept coming like, out with better food man seriously what what was I supposed to do so we yeah. got Ethan, Ethan Hayes in it now queen of the holler. That's me. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's well, a great nickname. You could actually like shine I'm queen it. of the holler. Forget that like, queen. I'm queen of the holler. That's beautiful. Like holler though. It works with your last name. So well. Oh, what? what? You know what I mean? You could just do yeah. holler. It's actually how you should say it anyway. My dad would like that a lot better. I think. Hey, you got to do it for dad then. Ethan and dad would that. be very proud. <laughs> I gotta say, I on your are similar people. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's terrifying. You should never admit that. <laughs> I, here, for anybody who wants to follow Cheyenne, here's her Instagram. She's me. always posting fight stuff, always doing the thing. And I got for the longest time, I actually just told Ryan this the other day. Like every time I read your name on here, I would read like Bat Queen Chi. Like that's how I read it. Like Bat Queen Chi is just how it You're looks. You're not the to first me. person that told me that. That's why. Yeah. I was- yeah, I'm like, I don't know why. And I know what it is. Like, I know it's it's Bat Queen Shy. But when I just see it, I'm like, okay, Bat Queen Chi. Like, that's just how it <laughs> So it I, I don't hate it. Since we already talked about food, I'm going to ask you about this right here. Pizza connoisseur. Give me, oh, yeah. like, what's the top pizza on earth for you? For me, uh, like, Death Row meal, pies and pints, chicken. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. What about Pittsburgh? What about within the Pittsburgh pizza scene? I have not done a full like Pittsburgh pizza off yet. Um, I did a pizza off for Ambridge, which is where Chris lives. And so I liked uh, the I can't remember the actual name of this place, but he called it police station pizza. So that was my Mm -hmm. favorite there. But like I've got to go downtown and, you know, I'm going to have to like get a slice from a bunch of different places and I'll have to get back to you. That's good. That's what I do after this fight. Yeah, that's certainly a post-fight endeavor for you. I think mm-hmm. I think you'd love it. Must I mean, yeah, I'm sure you know, like, Pittsburgh pizza is a religion to some people. Like, if you say the wrong thing, you might get stabbed. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. <laughs> I'm taking all recommendations <laughs> yeah. <from> anybody watching. <laughs> that's perfect. So I got I to gotta ask you about this guy, too. I'll pull him up on the screen. Not Dempsey, even though Dempsey's phenomenal yeah. and, and handsome as well. But talk to me about cash because he he kind of steals the steals the show oh, on ig he does cash uh cash is probably he's definitely handsome a little bit more handsome than chris don't tell him i said that let but, the people decide <laughs> what do you guys think <laughs> <laughs> oh cash he i got him. i didn't want a dog when i got him but he uh he chose me on thanksgiving one time 
I was actually, I was cutting weight whenever my, my little sister was taking care of these puppies. And she was like, hey, will you help me take them down to Momo's house? I want to take them down there and like show everybody the puppies. So um, I couldn't eat at Thanksgiving. So I was like, yeah, whatever. What else am I going to do? So I was helping her take care of these puppies. And the other ones were wild, man. They were like six of them or something. They mm -hmm. were like just you know how they are they're like peeing on stuff and like none of them are behaving and they're all running around and then they'll nap for like 10 minutes and then they run around more and then but this one little guy he came over and he i was like doing my my black friday shopping online you know getting some christmas gifts and he just laid on my lap all day until it was time for him to go pee and then he went to the puppy pad and then he came back like a good boy and then so uh, just i just knew I knew I like I left um, <laughs> I left there and I was like, I can't stop thinking about that puppy. So I called my dad and a week later he met me in Charleston halfway with him. That's <laughs> I awesome. Yeah, I love and, that. Uh, and then it worked out perfect because I um, COVID happened like, I don't know, like four months after that. So everybody was home and I got to like kind of be home and train him because everybody was home. So, yeah. Like the timing worked out perfect. Yeah, it's actually the perfect time to get a dog yeah, for sure. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. And Lindsay actually chimed in before we started the cash dis discussion and said, you got to ask Cash <laughs> about the pizza. So, oh, so you do. Cash yeah. is a pizza snob. It's is he? Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. What's snob. his favorite? Will he eat he pies won't, and pints? He, he won't touch. Well, yes, he loves pies and pints. He won't touch that pizza that I just said, the police station. He will, mm. like, whenever we had the pizza off, he sat there and begged for the other one because he didn't want the one that was on the ground that we gave him. <laughs> that's that's next level so yeah. timbo says furies in pittsburgh which i think ryan would agree Ooh, with that pretty okay. sure that's ryan's favorite as well so that and furies is definitely one of the ones that you always hear about as being the best so i'm really I'm sorry i i am actually sorry while you're cutting weight and getting ready for okay. a fight to have that discussion but <laughs> that's okay. it se seemed very important so i had to definitely touch on that that's okay. I've got a good story about cash and pizza. For my first, okay. my birthday that I first birthday that I had him. It was January, and he was born in October, so he was like four months old, maybe. He was little wee, but I got DVDO on my birthday because you know, birthday girl. That's what I want. Obviously, and, yeah. and we're in Morgantown, <laughs> and it was midnight, and I wanted DVDO, <laughs> and uh, I brought it home, and um, I I left it on the couch to go to the restroom, and I come back, and he's got it in the corner eating it like a gremlin, like like as fast as he could because he knew he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> and he had like half my cows gone before I could get him. Nice. That's beautiful. DP yeah. dough. In, I mean, that's the Morgantown classic to me. I've eat, definitely eaten more DP dough than anything else in Morgantown. What's <laughs> what's the go-to? Because I, I switched between barbecue chicken and buffalo chicken. Those were I was always one or the other. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. Obviously. So that that's perfect. So – Let's let's just wrap it up here for people who have maybe never seen you fight before. What should they expect July 9th at the Meadows at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows when you step into that cage? Um, I guess when I step into the cage, it's it's all it's all business, man. I uh, I kind of just turn on the game face and, and that's what it is. It's a it's a it's game day. You know, I am um, a lot of people. A lot of people like get in there and fight super emotionally or like, you know, just like get screaming and do all kinds of wildness. And I, for me, it's just uh, like, I've been a competitor all my life and it's just game day. So I'm going to show up and do some violence, I guess. You guess. <laughs> I guess. What, is, what does that switch feel like? Because obviously, you know, like anybody watching the show can tell you're a super personable person, easy to talk to. What's the switch like on fight night? Like, how do you enter that mentality where it's like, okay, it's time. I have to hurt you now. I just have to. <laughs> um, I've got a playlist that kind of helps. M yeah, music helps me tap into it a little bit. I always joke with people. I'm like, you just got to pretend like they said something really mean about your grandma. But that's not true. <laughs> that, no, I think uh, I, I spend that whole day just kind of like normally in the morning, I'll go for like a little run by myself and kind of just get into the zone and then um, – listen to my tunes, get stretched. And then there's no sense in getting nervous that day. You're doing it. You're doing the thing. Yeah. So you, you just got to get out there and do it. And um, I've, I've really been fortunate that uh, I haven't had to deal with it. A lot of like nerves or anxiety. I think that probably comes from sports, my life, my whole life, but it's, I don't know. It's not as intense as people would think. I don't think it's just, you just got to enter into it and know that it's serious. And like that person's in there trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've, you got to make sure you don't let them. <laughs> yeah, and you've competed your whole life, like you said, 
and also your amateur career is extensive. You even had the Muay Thai bout as well. Did you have more Muay Thai bouts than just that one that we talked about with Britt? No, I wanted to. I was uh, I wanted to do the the tournament at the Arnold's. Mm, mm-hmm. I had a chance to go out there and do that one. That could potentially still be on the table in the future, yeah, yeah. right? Nothing would really be stopping you from doing that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That would be, I always wanted to because it would be third, the third um, sport I've competed in the Arnold's at, and I thought that would be cool. But N- Nice. Yeah, that, w- that would be excellent. Mm-hmm. But for now, obviously, pro debut coming up, Brawl in the Berg 12, people. If you want to buy tickets, it's at 247fighting.com. If you want to specifically support Cheyenne, you can do so when you check out. There's a little drop down with every fighter's name who's competing, who's signed contracts to compete at the event. So just choose her name and she gets credit for that. And Cash probably gets pizza. So if you want to get, if you want to support Cash with pizza, (laughs) select Cheyenne's name when you check out. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks so much for joining the show. I mean, it was awesome. I'm kind of upset that Dempsey and Cash didn't crash the show, but maybe next time. Oh, no, they just pulled up. All right. I know, for the end. Oh, it's right at the end. What terrible timing on that. It was part. terrible so timing. Rude. But maybe next time, you know, we'll, we'll get you again. We'll get you again, I'm sure. And Cash right. can make his official on-screen appearance. He'll make a cameo. <laughs> exactly. For <laughs> He's now. He's everybody wants to see anyways. Exactly. Yeah. Who? Do, I mean, who doesn't like, if you don't like dogs, like, just get You're out wrong. of my life. Yeah, yep. yeah, you, you messed up. <laughs> so July 9th, everybody, Cheyenne Hall. Faces Fernanda Arujo. I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name correctly, and I apologize if I'm not, but it is going to be an absolute banger. It's Cheyenne's pro debut, a huge fight for her. And Fernanda, like we said earlier, she's a beast. Cheyenne agrees she's a beast. She knows what she's getting herself into. It's going to be a firefight, so tune in for that and get your tickets. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time, Cheyenne. Go give Cash some snuggles. We just got here. Bye. (laughs) See ya. Hey, Bob's. All right, everybody. So that was Cheyenne Hall. Obviously, you can tell she's in very good spirits, very ready to go for July 9th. Um, amazing little interview there. She, she's really fun to talk to, clearly. And I'm excited for that fight. This whole fight card is just absolutely insane. And coming up next on the podcast, we're going to keep it rolling with the pro fighters. We got Danny Maldonado coming on. And I know He definitely has some things that he wants to talk about. So you guys are definitely going to want to stick around for that. Pro flyweight, he faces Nolan Stahl at Brawl in the Berg 12. So that is going to be an absolute banger of a fight as well. So stay tuned. Danny's going to be jumping in here very, very shortly. I am stoked for that. This Brawl in the Berg fight card in general, guys. I mean, Brawl in the Berg 12 coming up. We've been so excited, like we said repeatedly. You know, we've wanted this fight card to be huge. We've wanted to blow up the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows in a big, big way for our debut in that casino scene. So we're just mega, mega, mega looking forward to it. And I think we've assembled the fight card. As you can see, the ticker at the bottom, you know, we actually just announced Carson Ewing versus Von Peters today as well. So that's definitely a big fight as well. That's a huge one. I'm stoked for it. Um High ground jujitsu out of Greensburg, Tommy Costa, Carson Ewing's representing that school. So we're very excited to work with them. Von Peters is out of Prodigy MMA up in Erie, PA. So we're also super excited to work with them. They have actually a lot of guys on this card coming up that you're about to see in future fight announcements. But as you can see, we've got a loaded pro card there at the bottom. We got obviously amateurs as well filling out the card. But we look at this as, you know, this is a card that, Pittsburgh has needed, wanted for a while. You know, this is the the card. And my wife, Nicole, just showed up to say hype. She's hype. Listen, if my wife's hype, my mom's probably hype. Like everybody who knows about this card is hype for good reason, because it is a hype card. You know, besides that, at the bottom, you see that James Leto versus Derek Brown fight. That's the one that I think... I won't say it's flying under the radar because we've had some media, you know, shout out my MMA news and Eric Kowal there and also Alan Saunders and the whole crew at Pittsburgh Sports now. They're amazing as well. Both outlets did articles on James Leto because he is an active pit wrestler right now. He is competing for pit D1 wrestler. This kid is legit and he's making his MMA debut training at Stout. Got the perfect dance partner, Derek Brown, out of balance MMA out in Philadelphia, PA. So, 
Philly versus Pittsburgh, but also James Lito is actually a Philly kid, as you may have heard on the podcast. So that kind of takes the steam out of that angle a little bit, unfortunately. But nonetheless, Derek says, you know, I'm expecting to knock this kid out. Like if he takes me down, I'm not going to be on the ground longer than 30 seconds. So that is what it is. And when we stand back up, I'm going to have a huge advantage. So that's how Derek feels about that fight. Obviously, when you're facing a high-level high wrestler, that's tough. You know, that's a tough draw, like we were just talking about with Cheyenne. Wrestling is one of the things that can give you a huge advantage right off the bat. I mean, if you can wrestle, you can dictate where the fight takes place. Your cardio is probably amazing. You're probably already tough. You've probably competed a lot in your life. So there's a lot of X factors with wrestlers as well that kind of just set things apart. So it's going to be interesting. Needless to say, it's going to be very interesting. And I'm hyped for that fight in particular. But the entire card's coming together so amazingly. And there's still a lot of fights left, guys. You know, that's one thing that I want to stress is that we are definitely not done making announcements yet. And this card just keeps getting more and more hype. July 9th, the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows. I mean, we actually sold some tickets just while this uh, podcast was happening. I saw the email come through. So we've said it before, you know, when Ryan did the Ryan and I did the podcast this week, whenever tickets went live, we stressed that like this card is going to sell out. Could 100% guarantee it's going to sell out. Whether that whether it sells out the day of or a week before or two weeks before the event, we can't predict that. But we know it's going to sell out because this event center at the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows is smaller than we are used to. The pre-sale was huge. The early indications on sales are huge. I mean, if you go and try to buy tickets right now, 247fighting.com, I'll actually just pull up the screen for you guys to see the seating chart. So you can see that this is no fluff. Oh, no, a double dose. Nobody needs to see me twice. That's awful. We should really change that. But uh, here's here's our seating chart. As you guys can see, you zoom in and choose your tickets. Like, if you want a front row ticket here, I'm very sorry about your luck. They're gone. And look at the second row. The second row has one, two, three, four, five, six. There are literally six tickets available in the second row. So first and second row, if you wanted that ultra premium experience, you had to jump on it fast. And the third row, as you can see, is definitely, I mean, it's half gone as well, at least. So it's its crazy. I mean, we're obviously excited about it. You know, we're, we're pumped that tickets are moving well and this place is going to be rocking and it's going to be an insane event. I definitely won't sugarcoat that. It's amazing to see tickets go this way. But at the same time, I know at the end of the day, there are going to be MMA fans that want to be at this show that literally won't be able to be at the show. Like that hurts for us because when we're in Monroeville, for instance, at the Monroeville Convention Center, it's essentially an unlimited uh, venue arena for us. It's so big. There's just so much space that you could pack thousands, literally thousands of people in there. And for a regional MMA show, you know, we're just not at that level of packing a place of that size yet. That's just not our reality. But at this place, the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows capacity is about 1,100 total. And I mean, these are things that we cannot change physically. We cannot change fire code. We cannot change. So when those 1,100 are gone, they're gone. And we can't just add more like we could in Monroeville, for instance. So when they're gone, they're gone. And I just really want to stress that it's not promoter speak. It's not me trying to create urgency for this event. It's just me being real with you guys and letting you see where the, where the seating chart is right now. Even this intermediate section, I mean, that you see at the e edge that we have the most tickets, this kind of teal turquoise color row, like there are huge sections of that gone as well, where people are just rounding up all their friends and family and saying like, let's go out to the Hollywood casino, have a nice night, watch some fights. Like that's what we want to do on July 9th. So these orders keep coming in daily. I would just stress, like, if you want to be at this show, you like do it now. Just don't wait. The card is the, the, the card that we've announced is definitely worth seeing. Like if we just called it quits right now, this is a card that we could absolutely sell and would be an amazing fight card. But like I said, we're not done yet. We're not done. If you think the card's good now, it, it's only going to get better. That's a promise. If you buy tickets now, like we're only going to make it better from here. We got Wayne Carl showing up, Mr. Demolition Fight Series out in Australia, man. This is it's like my favorite when you show up, Wayne. We got Australian MMA royalty here. If you guys are just super hardcore 
about MMA, can't get enough MMA in your life, definitely check out Demolition Fight Series and what they're doing. They feel like, and I don't know if Wayne feels the same way, but just dealing with him, they feel like the 247 of Australia to me. Like These guys are super polished. They clearly care about what they do. The production value is incredible. They, every detail is meticulous with them. And when I watch a demolition fight series show or look at their cards and look at the matchups they're putting on, it's clear that they are on a mission. They're not just here to make a couple bucks and then get out of the MMA game. It's clear that Wayne and everybody involved there truly cares about these fighters and truly cares about advancing the sport in Australia. And I, I believe they're in Melbourne. So in that particular area, you know, they're really looking to grow there. So it's amazing to watch what they're doing as well demolition fight series guys definitely worth checking out but um yeah the tickets for our show july 9th hollywood casino at the meadows get them i mean i cannot stress that enough stop sharing my screen here for just one second uh, danny maldonado like i said will be joining the show he just texted me and said that he is on his way getting a nice quiet spot he might be at the gym i'm honestly not sure so as long as he can have some audio, have some decent internet. He's he's definitely going to have some things to say. I'm looking forward to hearing from him. He once again fights Nolan Stahl, who you guys might know as the Pinnacle FC amateur flyweight champion. So he is kind of Pittsburgh royalty in and of himself coming back home for a fight. And we got Danny here now, right on cue. It was like I summoned him. Look at this. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up, man? I just got out of training. My hair is all messed up. I'm not interview ready. Dude, look at Look at this hair. You don't have much to compete with right now. You you still got me crushed. You're looking way fresher than me, even straight out of training. I appreciate I appreciate the, the lies, but I appreciate it. <laughs> now nah, my my hair is kind of fantastic, man. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you got like the Samson hair, man. You can't just have to cut it off, man, or you lose all your bumps. Exactly, man. I'm very protective about this. So, <laughs> That's so it. You, you said you just got out of training, man. Obviously, you're taking this fight extremely seriously dude i know yeah. this was this was a matchup nolan said it on the podcast too that you've wanted for a while like what is it about this fight that excites you so much i mean i i don't think i was asking for this fight i think we're just two 125ers looking for a fight we happened to message each other uh the fight got canceled a bunch of times and now we're here i mean i wouldn't say i was looking particularly for him but i mean like i said there's not enough of us flyweight so Either we fight nobody or we fight each other. It is interesting. Matching flyweights is always super hard. And then pro flyweights, it becomes even harder. The the talent pool, it's like it's like guys either have no fights or they have like 36 fights. And it's like, what how do you match these guys? It's like the pool is just weird. But exactly. for you, like how frustrating is that, man? Because clearly, like you said, you just want to fight. Like you're just trying to fight somebody and the pool's thin. Like, how do you stay motivated and stay training through all that? I mean, it, it was tough. Um, obviously, like, my my record is, is is not good at all. I mean, there's a lot of – a mixture of bad luck and bad circumstances, you know, like fake touch, touch gloves. You get a flying knee to the face, dominating first rounds. I get hit in the nuts or my eye poked, my eye gouged and stuff like that. So it's, like, very tough to find, uh, you know, for me to have, like, a fair fight, but – in terms of like trying to find a fight last summer, I had well, last year, I had seven cancellations. Mm -hmm. So it was tough. And then when I finally got a fight, I wasn't really like motivated because of all like, you know, the overtraining. And then like, you know, you think you have a fight and then you don't have a fight. So, I mean, mentally that that really like messes, you know, me up personally, a, a lot of fighters. But I mean, it's a tough it's a tough. The pros is definitely tough, you know, to find a fight, but you just got to keep sticking to it and staying positive. Yeah, and and I appreciate you bringing that up because that's definitely something that I wanted to talk about. Your record definitely is not an indication of how good you are as a fighter. And I think people, a lot of times fans will just go to a guy's topology to see how good they are. They'll just look at the number. It, it doesn't work like that, man. And the fact yeah. that you understand that is definitely important. And I think anybody looking at this fight against Nolan Stahl needs to keep that in mind. Like there's a difference between making excuses for losses and having valid circumstances. Like I look at Aljamain Sterling's win over – Peter Yan, that people didn't think he won that fight or thought it was like he was embellishing that blow. It's like, no, like he took a blatantly illegal knee to the head. Like that matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you break the rules, there's consequences. Unfortunately for me, I mean, 
none of the calls went my way. Like mm-hmm. my last fight, I mean, really good opponent. You know, that first round I dominated and everybody was in awe of my skill. Uh, second round starts. It wasn't intentional, but he punched me to the body and it went low. The ref saw it. And then after that, he poked me in my eye. These, these are all accidental things. Mm-hmm. But still like that, the ref has to pay attention to that type of stuff. And I remember when I when I try to dispute the loss and they said the reason why, even though he saw me get hit in the nuts and my eye, my eye gouged, he said the reason why he didn't stop it because I didn't complain wow. too much. But I mean, like, how am I supposed to complain when I'm in the middle of a fight and a guy's punching me in my face right after that? So it's like. Like my like like I said, you, you said my record is not an indication of my skill. Like if you go to any gym I'm at, I train with high level fighters. I train with high level grapplers, strikers, and they all when you when they ask, oh, what's your record? They can't believe that it's true because. But you know, I'm a, I'm a victim of bad luck. But I'm not gonna cry or spoil milk. You know, every fight is a new opportunity for me to turn things around. And that's what I plan to do. Yeah, and, and this fight, like like we said earlier on the podcast before you joined, like this is a fight that we've had our eye on since we announced it, man. This is definitely a fight of the night contender in my eyes. I think fly flay whites in general. I think it's really interesting whenever the UFC first introduced the flyweight division that was looked at as the division of like small guys who can't hurt each other. Right. Like that was the stigma. It was like, Oh, this isn't even fun. Like there's never going to be a finish, but what a total 180 that division has had. Now I think everybody agrees. It's arguably the most fun division to watch now. Of course you got, you got guys since we're not as big. I mean, there's guys that do have power, but the, the main thing is that we're highly skilled fighters. Like, you know, a lot of people think you're small. You don't have the strength advantage or the, the power, but we do have speed and we do have technique and we do have our fundamentals down, which makes it exciting. You know, so that's what the people want to see. Exciting fights, technical fights, smart fighters. And, and that's what I'm trying to bring to the table in July. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get, man. I mean, you just look at your record. Like, like we said, people who look at your record and just look at the numbers are going to miss it. But like when you dig into your amateur career, the Trit- Triton fights flyweight champ defended the belt for people who don't know Triton fights. Like I actually, I actually used to work at flow combat and we streamed oh, nice. Trit- Triton fights events. So I know Triton fights pretty well. And I remember like I would always get hyped for those events because it was a really good promotion. Like they put on good shows, good fighters come through Triton fights. So to be yeah. their champ, like that definitely means something like that. Wasn't just you beating up on, you know, random street kids or anything like that was high level MMA happening in that promotion. Yeah. Like I fought, I fought uh, highly decorated strikers while I was in Triton. I fought multiple time amateur champions and it would be like champion versus champion. And I won, I fought an Olympic level wrestler. Like I fought even in the pros, I fought multiple time amateur champions and it would be like, I would, they would bring me in because I always brought a fight. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, like I've been, you know, fighting high level competition for a long time. Yeah. And that's not going to change July 9th either. I mean, Nolan Stahl, we talked about it on his podcast as well. His record doesn't reflect how good he is either. You guys are very similar in that regard that you've got some tough breaks, like whatever mm-hmm. it may be. But one thing, I'm going to actually play a video clip for you, man. I know you've been wanting to say something about this. So I'm going to play the video clip for the viewers and I'm going to let you. I'll say one more thing for people thinking about buying tickets. There's not a bad seat in that place. I've been to mm-hmm. that casino a lot. Lost a lot of money at that casino. <laughs> but but uh, I would say get those front row tickets because you have a chance of catching Danny Maldonado's front teeth and mouthpiece. So make sure you get those front row tickets. You might get a free souvenir. Man. Uh, there you go. What's your thoughts on that, Danny? <laughs> I mean, whatever he needs to do to, like, hype up the fans and, and hype himself up, I mean, I don't think he's going to do that. Out of all the opponents that I've ever had, like, I don't think he's the most high level. Like, I fought a lot of – I fought mostly in, in Pennsylvania. I fought Jonas Rubiano, who's uh, – I believe he's a high-level flyweight, and I gave him a really good fight. I won that first round. Second round, like I said, bad luck, but he got – I fought David Giuliano, who was a multiple-time amateur champion in PA, and I dominated the first round. He got me. Like I said, bad luck. Things happen. I don't think that he's where they are in terms of skill. I mean, he's tough. He looks like he has good cardio. He's tough. 
But, I mean, everybody's tough. Everybody has good cardio. I, I don't really feel like he has the power. I don't think he even knocks anybody out. So, I mean, the fact that he's going to knock my teeth out, I mean, he's not Francis Ngannou or anything like that. You know, like I said, he's tough, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, all those people that bought first-row seats hoping to get your teeth, like you're saying, they're going to be sad. Yeah, especially if they're rooting for him. They're going to be very sad. I mean, <laughs> but, but whatever, man. The promotion's going to make money. The fans are going to enjoy the fight. It's going to be a really good fight, um, but my teeth will stay intact in my mouth. Nice. So you still will have the teeth, still will have the hair. Dan Listen, Nolan, I'm sorry to break it to you, dude. Danny said he's going to be handsome after this fight no matter what. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always handsome, 24-7. <laughs> dude, I love it, man. And at least at least that's what my mother says, but whatever. I'll take her word for it. Dude, whatever mom says rules. Like, that's all that matters. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I think it's funny you said you, you mostly have fought in PA, which you know is true looking at your record and everything. Do you feel a sense of that you're coming into enemy territory still in Pittsburgh? Because Nolan is a Pittsburgh boy, can probably expect to have a pretty big, you know, hometown crowd for him. Do you feel that coming into this fight, or do you just not care about that at all? Uh, I don't really care. I mean, like, it's still early in the in the pro career. I mean, I fought in I fought guys in PA, like I said, and they had a huge fan base, but that didn't stop from me doing my job, you know. Like I said, besides bad luck and, and circumstances, you know, things happen. But I'm always gonna fight, regardless if there's zero people in the crowd or a thousand people in the crowd. I, I still have to fight. That's what they I get paid for and that's what they wanna see. So I will give them what they want. There'll be fans after, but I still yeah. gotta fight. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. I mean, anybody who saw your fight against Jonas with us, you know, that like, like you said, it was a phenomenal fight, competitive fight. That's one of the reasons, obviously, that we wanted to reach back out to you to have you fight for us again, because we love your fight style. But more than that, we love the way you conduct yourself as a professional. Like there's a lot to be said about that, that side of the game. I'm sure you've encountered so many fighters in your day that just don't get their paperwork done. Don't take don't yeah. take training seriously, all that stuff. There's so much more to this than most people see when they just show up on fight night and get it done. So what about you as a person? Like, how do you conduct yourself on a daily basis that allows you to treat this as I'm a professional fighter and like all these things matter? I mean, it's a way I, I guess I was the way I was raised, but it's always like I have a, like a, a good job. You know, I have like a degree, like, you know, at the end of the day, like fighting is, is, is barbaric, but that doesn't mean you have to be a meathead about everything. Like, you still have to be a person. You still have to be, you know, have have a good social circle. You have to have good finance. You got to be a good person because at the end of the day, when this fighting thing is over, all you got is your characteristics and what you, you know, shown to your, your peers. So I feel like that's more important than anything. That's perfect, man. I love that. That's super well said. And it's funny, like saying something like that just shows your maturity with it. That shows like where you're at mentally and, and how you understand what really matters to you so i think the danny maldonado we're going to see you know i'll let you tell the people but i have a feeling it's going to be a better version of you than anybody's seen to date so like what what would you say fans can expect july 9th when you step into that cage i mean besides my heart that i always show i'm tough but you know i went back to my you know my old coaches for my grappling and i trained with high level grapplers i trained with uh john callistine who's one of the world ranked grapplers black belts in the world and he brings in a lot of, uh, you know, great grapplers. So, like, I was always a grappler. I was always a wrestler. Uh, so my grappling is top-notch right now. Uh, my striking is a lot better. Uh, my head coach, Xavier Pagan, excellent striking coach. And he helps with my strength and conditioning as well. So, I mean, I feel like everything is set. Like, my conditioning is great. My striking is great. My grappling is top-notch. So it's like I'm bringing high-level fighting to Pittsburgh, you know, you know, Nolan, unfortunately, he's a guy in the way, but he's gonna, he's gonna feel. God, that's beautiful, dude. You got me hype. Like I'm, I'm so ready for this event. I know you guys buy your ticket, buy your ticket in the front row and, <laughs> and see his teeth or whatever the fuck you said. Dude, I love it. I love it. This is my favorite banter. It's like some of my favorite pre-fight banter that we've ever had. So I can't wait, man. Like this fight, it's so sick. This matchup's so sick. And I think everybody who shows up is going to see exactly what we mean when you guys take that cage, man. It, you guys mean business and you're both high level everywhere. Like you said, you're grappling, you're striking. Li there's literally nowhere this fight can go that's not going to be fun. I can't wait. I mean, I hope I hope he's ready. I, I know I know he's uh He's running and doing a lot of – he has, like, a, a new wrestling partner that he's been training with. 
it's not going to matter because I've been wrestling for a long time. And I've, like I said, I fought Olympians. I train with high level grapplers. So if he thinks he's going to stop my takedowns, if I decide to shoot, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a long night for him and you know, I'm going to have fun doing it. That's perfect, man. I'm going to show your uh, Instagram on the screen for people who want to follow you. He's Danny underscore the fighter on Instagram. If you want to check him out, follow him. Do you have any other sponsors, any shout outs you want to give, man, before you get out of here? Uh, not really. Just shout out my team. You know, shout out uh, Kings Combat, Willie uh, Williamsburg, uh, John Calistine, uh, my grappling coach, uh, Warriors Nation, uh, my head coach, Xavier Pagan. And uh, shout out to my man, Niaz Ahmed. Uh, my little brother in the game, um, he, I think he's fighting for the main event against Justin Patton. So, you know, we're going to put on a show. We're going to show what New York is all about. Nah, I love that, dude. And and Victor Testa here showing up. This is going to be a fun fight. He's exactly correct. Like, he, he gets it. Like, this is, to me, this is, like I said, how people have come around on flyweights and understand what flyweights mean and how talented you guys are and how fat, how much you can push the pace and just never get tired wherever it goes. This fight's going to be a barn burner, dude. Like, people are in for a treat. I genuinely believe that. I can't wait. I can't wait. It can't come soon enough, man. Uh, hell yeah, man. Let's get it done. Finish up, go home, get showered, get your hair fixed. How, how yeah, you I know, want bro. it? I gotta look good. Then we'll see you in July, brother. I appreciate you we'll coming you. on. Yeah. Thanks for the time, my man. Uh, of course, dude. Take care later. All right, everybody. That was Danny Maldonado. He's feeling good, dude. What a, what a super fun, just interview session with between Cheyenne and Danny Maldonado. Those, two awesome people to talk to and insanely good spirits just i was already like i said i was already hyped for this card but now it's just gone to an entirely different new level so hearing how dialed in they both are hearing where they're at mentally you know it's awesome i just absolutely love everything that i just heard on this podcast hope you guys feel the same so like we said that's july 9th brawl in the bird 12 the Hollywood Casino at the Meadows. It's our first cas casino show, ladies and gentlemen. First time in casinos, 247 FC debut. And we plan on impressing them straight up. You know, we're bringing out the big guns. Like, you've seen the card. You've seen this pro card, amateur card. Like I said, there's still a lot of fights to come, too. We're bringing out the big guns for this one, and we're looking to put on a show. This is no joke. Tickets are selling amazingly, and we expect that place to be 100% sold out, packed, crazy, maybe – Danny Maldonado's teeth don't end up in the front row, but I guarantee you, if you're in that front row, if you're in that second row, if you're in any row in that building, it's not going to be a night that you forget. So get your tickets on sale now, 247fighting.com. We'll see you guys next week for the podcast. Appreciate you coming on.